What's going on, guys? This is the Cloud9 Podcast, Season 1, Episode 12. There was an action-packed week of League of Legends, actually. Cloud9 went 3-0, so did 100 Thieves. And you know what's crazy? TSM lost to FlyQuest. (laughs) (laughs) TSM actually lost to FlyQuest, which is crazy because during the game, like if you actually watch that game, you're probably going like, okay, FlyQuest could probably stomp this game because they had the um, Udyr pick, right? Because Huni was doing his classic nocturne run it and die tactics, you know? But even during that game, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, they can still win this game, actually. I don't know. Like, a lot of these LCS games, even ever since um 2020, actually, I never really get the feeling that just because you have the stronger team on paper, you should automatically win. There's been even just the game um this past weekend with uh, Cloud9 versus CLG. Um, there was the moments where CLG probably should be winning, right? They have two Barons. And then there was the one team fight in the mid lane where they chunk out Blabber, forces out his Jinjiao Ultra, then chunk him out again, only to have Perks just pretty much 1v9 carry the game, you know? So, oh, man, it's been an action-packed week for League of Legends. And you have the LEC. The LEC, uh, Misfits went 3-0. and zero. I bet Deficio is really happy about that. Misfits started 3-0. and zero. They ended up taking down uh, Team Vitality, Fnatic, and what was the other team they beat? They actually ended up defeating... Um, I think it was Rogue SK. or something. I didn't SK watch it. LAC this week, so. Okay, don't worry. He's in the inferior region anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we can say that We can say that in our heads, but. Yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, my God. But how, how have you been, man, actually? I'm all right. I'm just, you know, I'm chilling, playing Improving Grounds back at home. It's mm-hmm. been, it's a pretty more relaxed lifestyle than what it is in mm-hmm. LCS and Academy, right? So. Mm-hmm. I'm just been kind of relaxing. I've been solo queuing a little bit more, uh, trying to hit one KLP. Uh, <laughs> That's so. hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty close though. So mm-hmm. hopefully this week. So we're gonna talk about Alorum's uh, uh, let's these tweets from this uh, and this analyst thing. Uh, this actually is past a uh, 2021 LCS spring split because there was a whole fudge thing. Because remember, you had fudge. I think you had him around eighth place for top yeah. winners when they asked you guys to do your uh, rankings. And, you know, like I tell people this, dude, when you're talking about a player, it's right to judge a player by how they're playing in that current moment in time. Because the people that we used to have on, on the show, when we still do, um, they were like, well, he's going to get better. We never said he wasn't going to get better. We said if you're judging a player right now, you have to judge a player off what they're giving you right now. I can't judge you off what you're in the future going to be doing, you know? Yeah. I, that, that's not how analysts works, you know? And I mean, it was a tier list, right? So mm-hmm. it was a tier list based on, like you said, how everyone is currently doing. It's not – and I think anyone can say, yeah, he's going to get better in the future, which is mm-hmm. hard not to say, right, he's a new player playing on Cloud9. Like, mm-hmm. chances are he's going to get better in the future. <laughs> but at the time – um, I rated him where I did, and so did em- Emily. Even put him on ninth. Um, mm-hmm. And we we rated him there because at the moment, at that moment, he wasn't particularly playing that well. I, he was mm-hmm. uh, losing most lanes. That being said, he was playing mostly weak side. Like uh, he had played a lot of Gragas. He had played Karma games and stuff. And so when mm-hmm. you see that, and you know, at the time it was like, okay, well, he's just fulfilling a role on C9. He's not actually contributing that much other than being the role mm-hmm. player. And so why would you, if you were doing a current day, you know, that current day tier list, why mm-hmm. would you have rated him over someone that impacts the team way more? Like it was Alfari impact and someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even Revenge was playing slightly better too for Immortals. 
I, I think that's debatable, but mm-hmm. I, the way I see it is, and when I do tier lists is mm-hmm. um, at least in terms of that kind of tier list is mm-hmm. how important are they to the team at the time is someday mm-hmm. is super important to a hundred thieves. And even though he wasn't playing his best, the success of someday on a hundred thieves is pretty much indicative to the success of a hundred thieves. That's if very they, true. If someday is doing well, chances are a uh, hundred thieves but, is going to be yeah. Mm-hmm. Someday underperforms, chances are a hundred thieves is going to be doing worse. So I put someday high because mm-hmm. a lot of their wins and losses are dependent on him. While Fudge, it was the opposite. Fudge could be doing almost nothing the whole game and still win. So that's that's mm-hmm. the way I saw it, and that's why at the time mm-hmm. I put him up. Uh, I put him where. And uh, if you look at the lock-in tournament for how Fudge played, I mean, it was rightfully so. He was playing poorly, and he really wasn't playing good up until the playoffs for um, the LCS 2021 spring split. Like, he right. really wasn't – he didn't really pop off until that moment, though, because He's during that spring split – yeah, like, during that spring split, it was Blabber who would always go up to top lane and get first blood for him. He was playing – there was a game against TSM. He was playing like Fudge was playing Jax, uh, Blabber's playing Udi, or he went up top. He, he went up to top lane like four level different two, times. Think, right? Level yeah. two, he went up to level four, level six. Yeah, he I was just that. constantly in this top lane. Like that's what people said when before Cloud9 went to MSI 2021. Was like, well, if Blabber has to constantly babysit Fudge, that's going to be a detriment to the team because that's a lane that needs so much attention, and the other lanes won't be getting its jungle attention. Right. You know. So have you ever been in that position where you've been on any teams where like the junglers had to pay attention to one lane specifically enough and leave out the rest of the other team actually? Well, it just depends on the comp, right? In that case, Mm -hmm. it it was Camille versus Jax, which is a Mm -hmm. a lane you want to play toward Jax because Jax's trading pattern includes him all inning a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Using all your abilities and jumping onto the enemy. So like if you do that and you're not the strong side, there's a good chance that you're going to end up overextending and die to a jungle gank. So you want to have your jungle on that side. Um, it, like I said, it mainly it mainly depends on draft. Sometimes mm-hmm. it depends on the player too, right? Some players mm-hmm. like to play really aggressive. Uh, we can call it aggressively, but you know, sometimes it <laughs> but right. uh, or whipple um, bluffing. That's what we call <laughs> yeah, show. yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you get bluffed, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say mostly depends on comp. It's okay. So yeah. I wanted to ask, um, Lauren, do you think um, the LCS um, has kind of leveled up with, like, Dig, Dig emerging and, and EG and even Immortals having a good start to the week? Do you think more teams are starting to, like, pick themselves up, or is it, or do you see the LCS has regressed a little bit? I thought last split the LCS had regressed quite a bit. Um, and I remember I was pretty big on saying that, that with all the new faces and all the new team swaps, that there's going to be some growing pains. So, and I think that ended up being true that a, there were a lot of teams that looked pretty weak and even the good teams were making a lot of mistakes. Um, but I do think at the start of this split, everybody has uh, looked a little bit better. The games are a little bit more competitive, even from the bottom teams versus the top teams. Uh, not to say there aren't stomps still, but. I'd say for the most part, uh, the LCS has gotten better from last split to this split. Last split was, oh my God. Like, last split it, was pretty rough. Ooh, boy, 2020 was rough too. That, those are some rough games. Like even the how the teams were built, it didn't make any sense. Like why are you pairing Acadian, Hooney, and Froggen together? That makes no logical sense. 
<laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta. A lot of the teams keep support. I, remember that. <laughs> I, I know. I know. Like a lot of these teams, like they're just doing experimental stuff, right? Like with mm-hmm. what they have. So a lot of it just comes down to trial and error, which mm-hmm. is not always the best thing to do because that just means like you sometimes would scrap an entire split to trial and error. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would. I guess that's just how it works here in NA. You know, just try something, <laughs> and hope it works out, and hope for the best, right? So, what about your time on the analyst test? Actually, did you actually like your time? Uh, yeah, casting for the LCS. Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. like it. I, I could talk about league all day. Um, at my mm-hmm. heart, I'm a competitor, right? I mm-hmm. the thing I like doing most is playing playing high level league. I like competing on stage and all that. Mm-hmm. So. That's what I prefer, but it's not sad in like uh, working on the desk. You know, I, I like working with everybody, um, mm-hmm. with, with all my colleagues on there. It's mm-hmm. you just get to talk about what you like, right? So how yeah. how could you not enjoy it? Just because um, like you yeah. ended up being a player and analyst, so all you have to do now is just be a coach, and you'll have That's the right. trifecta. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, how, how do you feel about that? Like when you see Missy Bjergsen, um Golden Glue. Yeah, uh, Gloden Goo. Like, how do you feel about these players getting into these like uh, coach or positional roles in these orgs? Um, I mean, I've thought about it before, right? And mm-hmm. my only experience coaching is like doing individual coaching. Back when I used to stream more, people would sign up to do coaching sessions. To be honest, I'm not big on individual coaching. I guess at least I wasn't back then. I guess if I'm on a competitive team, and let's mm-hmm. say like a team asked me to do coaching, it would almost have to be uh, lane specific coaching. I don't think, to be honest, I'm not that good at like draft logic and everything, <laughs> but I am pretty good at my lane, right? I mm-hmm. I can play top lane and I play a lot of weird stuff and I and I like trying a lot of different matchups. So if there's one coaching role I could do well, it would be positional coaching. I think I could do that really well and I'd be like a good 1v1 partner since I'm I'm obviously still good enough at the game to to do that. Uh, so, if someone offered me a coaching position, I'd only and if I I was confident about it, it would be positional <laughs> coaching. I don't think I'd want to be a head coach right now. I'd <laughs> I'd have to you know study up a little bit more on all the lanes of draft because when it comes to draft, I know what to do in my own lane and I know my own pick and what they could pick. <laughs> But when it comes to draft for like junglers, and yeah, stuff yeah. Like when, that. when it comes to everything else, I'm just that my extent of it is like I know what the power picks are. I mm-hmm. just I'm not you know a good enough thinker to think about the entire draft. Mm-hmm. So, I because I know you were on, on Twitter talking about um the ping issue for the right. um NALCS. So right. for, for since you're actually a pro player, I'm gonna have you explain it to the viewers who will watch this on on the replay too. Why is having that amount of ping, 60 ping for NA, difficult for NA to actually improve? Because most people just take the ping thing as a joke. It's like, well, NA wasn't good when, you know, the server was in closer to California anyway. So why does yeah. it really matter if it's, you know, now you're playing on 60 ping? Like, couldn't you just work yeah. on macro strats? And to be fair, like, NA does need better macro strats. But the way I heard people explain it before is, like, if you have lower ping, you're able to do different combos and different things on your champions. But with higher ping, you can't. Is that true? Well, personally, I'm on the side of keeping the servers where they are right now. I would, mm-hmm. I'm, I would die on a hill to never let them move it back to LA. Because <laughs> most, uh, you know, I, I've talked about this with some other pros, and it's mm-hmm. a big conversation. It's obviously a huge conversation topic for a lot of professional players. Like, you know, we can't get better with this mm-hmm. kind of thing. But 
if you move servers to LA, like you're kind of alienating the entire East Coast back to like 80, 80 to 100 ping, which is just a horrible decision because NA already has player base issues. And if you're trying to move it back to LA, the more people are going to stop playing. They're especially going to be more less people in, in the high ELO. <clears throat> so the queue times are going to get worse and worse. It's, it's going to be a whole different problem, like a really big problem. And I, I do, when I was in LA, I uh-huh. do notice the difference between 60 ping and the 30 ping I have here in Georgia, but I really didn't think like this 60 ping is hindering, hindering me because <laughs> in, in my opinion, at least for solo queue for me is just to try out stuff like, uh-huh. you know, and, and just keep up with the game while scrims are the main place where I'm trying to learn new champions and improve. That's that's just my logic to it. Maybe some people have have a different view of solo queue, but the improvement for me comes from pretty much entirely scrims, and so that's why I, I never, when I hear ping arguments, like I, I would always vouch for it to stay where it is and not move back to LA. But I do think that obviously, if you had nine ping in LA, pros would get better because mm-hmm. how could you not get better if you're playing on? nine ping compared to 60, you know, 60 to 63. It's just, mm-hmm. you're going to have better quality games because your uh, reaction time will be, will matter more. Mm-hmm. Um, so no doubt it would help, but there would come with repercussions too big of repercussions. Yeah. Because by how the whole, like the league geographical thing stats work for America, two thirds yeah. of the world's population on the United States, at least it's like two thirds are on the East coast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just not, viably smart to put the server closer now it makes it'd no be, yeah. sense now it'd, yeah it'd be have too big of a repercussion on the east coast player base to ever move it back and a lot of people say maybe you could do the um maybe you could do the like servers that just to connect to who's closest like you have two servers right you have an east coast and a west coast server mm-hmm. and then let's say you have uh seven west coast players and three east coast players it'll connect to the west coast right since mm-hmm. that's worth the, the only problem I have with that is a lot of people, especially pros arguments are mm-hmm. you get inconsistent practice playing on nine ping on scrims. And then you play on 60 on live, but then why would you suggest to have alternating servers? Because wouldn't you just be, yeah. coin, wouldn't you be coin flipping who's in your lobby? And then some games you'll have, you know, you'll have some games you'll have 60 ping and some games you'll have nine. Cause that, that to me is the logical fallacy in that argument because their main argument is inconsistent practice, but if you did the two servers, you would also have inconsistent practice. So I don't know. Um, so then I wanted to ask, like, as opposed to like, do you think um, so? Like, we see LPL, uh, LCK, and even EU. They have this like huge farm system, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think we have that same sort of like they can literally pick out of. I don't know, a thousand people, the next, the shy or the next, (laughs) uh, LWX. Um, how can we like, I guess, get it into our high schools or collegiate level, uh, level better so that we can find our next talent? Because like, look at Danny, he's turned out pretty decent. I I would say. Well, it's tough to say because it's not like, like if we're being realistic, league of legends in, in North America has it, it has like a player base, but it's not as big as, you know, everything else. That's just PC culture in general. Yeah. It's not popular here. 
while it's still a big game, we can't say that we're growing at an exponential rate, right? And if anything, like league is either stalemating or going down in player base and in A. And mm-hmm. so there there is no real answer to that. Like, what are you gonna do? Inject inject bots <laughs> into the game that are just crazy so that you know we can practice against them. Right. Uh, unless there's some way to reinvigorate the mobile player base of NA, because I think just in general in, in North America, like there we have phases of games like along you know when i was in middle school there was the mmo phase everybody was playing guild wars and wow and all sorts of mmos then you had uh your moba phase people a lot of people were playing han dota league of legends and that then there was the battle royale phase right with fortnite and h1c1 mm-hmm. and PUBG. i think just the culture here we switch a lot of games so i i have no real answer on how to how to find new talent because people are just going to play league if they're interested. And I don't see a way that riot just all of a sudden increases our player base by like another million players, (laughs) you know, unless league of legends two comes out and it's the best advertising (laughs) advertising scheme of all time. (laughs) Sabat Saba Uvegas asks, but how is geolocation based Q not a thing? Valorant and most FPS games do that. He's almost just like a state type of Q thing like your state has its own server that I, th- I think that'd be terrible wouldn't it well a thing a thing you have to um think about when it comes to server-based queues is that league of legends is pro i at least in my opinion is more ping dependent than mm-hmm. uh than valorant because the valorant movement is all client side and so you can press your wasd and no matter what ping you're on you're going to see the movement on the screen like the same mm-hmm. but with league if you're right-clicking on 10 ping, you're going to notice that you go faster than right-clicking on 60 ping. So, so like, you would notice a big difference on, like, whether which server you got on. Like, okay, I'm right-click. I got on LA server, and I'm living in LA. I right-click, and I'm moving right away. Okay, I got on an East Coast server. I right-click. I'm <clears> delayed. So, and that wouldn't happen in Valorant because no matter what server you're on, the only thing that is... Uh, like the movement is um, client side and not server side, other than what you see on the enemy team uh, or the shots. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. Now that we move into the um, LCS 2021 summer split week two, we had those benchings. Sven getting benched for King, Alfari getting benched for Jenkins. What do you think about those roster moves, actually? Um, the Alfari one. I guess both came as a shock, right? They, they really both, did, yeah. They both did well. I, it's I don't have any information on why they did what they did. That being said, oh, no, I, just general I, thought, you know. Yeah, I think I think King King is pretty good, and I think he's, he's pretty good he's, too. Yeah, he's probably one of the best ADs in Academy, so he does deserve to play LCS. Is does Ven not deserve to play in LCS? I don't know. It not based <laughs> on his play, right? He plays well. Same with Alfari, and yeah. It's, I, if, I'm gonna be honest. It's whack that they did what they did, but <laughs> but uh, I could I couldn't say they had to have done it for a reason, right? And yeah, hopefully a good reason. So yeah, and I, I told people this, man. We're never ever gonna know the full story. Like, no, dude, course. I've been watching League of Legends since 2014. I've heard these stories before. You always hear it from three different perspectives: the person yeah. doing the benching, the t- org who did it, and the org's always gonna tell you a story that makes them look good at the end of the day. Or it's not right. going to put out a, a story that says, yeah, we benched Alfari because he was being mean to us. They're not going to say yeah. that. Yeah, you know? of course not. And even if that was the case, like, it's just 
we'll never know what what was said or you know how yeah. the context how of what it said it. you know <laughs> hopefully it wasn't as simple as alfari said something like- to me. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully it isn't that simple hopefully there was some more nuance to it that actually made it serious but like, you know you'd like you'd like to think a team with a korean bot laner <laughs> um, a, a european mid and top laner and then um, jungle is Santorin, also European. Yeah. Like, there's enough. There's enough. Like I would think, just European hard headedness on that crew to, where like they just tell each other, "Hey, that shit, that play was shit," and they'll be like, "Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure I'd it out." I'd be shocked. You know? I'd be absolutely befuddled if it was as simple as, "Yeah, this guy said something mean to me, so I didn't want to play." I think. I think it's. I. It's got to be more than that, right? Well, it, I think that. it is. It's just. It feels weird to me because one viewpoint is that they're putting the like for king and for and for um jenkins they're putting them out to you know potentially sell them going into like the off season or something yeah, like that and i'm yeah. just like are you trying to make sure the recency mem- their memory of these players is closer to the off season because uh, unless like the teams themselves uh, at least specifically for cloud nine because i think this is a much more likely situation because the 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 flaky the ridiculous the tweets and everything around um right. Alfari make it much more seem seem like there's an actual like attitude or motivation problem or something like that. Right. Um, I end up sitting there going like, well, wouldn't you want to have like the whole like a uh, summer split to like really make sure the team synergize? Your- oh, yeah, your internet going- is um, actually uh, trying to actively work against you. I believe it. I, I get I get this time with Alorum and it ruins everything. <laughs> um, but I just feel like it's a weird thing. It's like I would sooner put it. I would. I would. It, it's weird. I, I feel like they've just maybe decided if they're trying to sell these academy players into the offseason. Like you know, when's the best option? Non-spring when we're getting our initial synergies built, but let's do it in summer right. when the synergies are basically established. We put them in for half the split to show off King's talent and Jenkins' talent. We bring right. back in our star players as Ven and Alfari, and now we're sitting there at Worlds. We're making great contention because we all could probably agree that C9 and Cloud9 are, are both going to Worlds unless something tragic happens. Yeah. And then they've got, you know, you know mm-hmm. let's just sell King and, you know, Jenkins for like six million a piece to like FlyQuest and, right. and <laughs> Golden Guardians or something. I, I can see that happening, but I feel like if, if that's what they have to do is to move them into LCS, then then uh maybe academy is not doing as the job that it should be doing right i feel like Mm -hmm. you shouldn't have to put your team's win rate and you know how they do in the lcs split on at risk just to show off players that makes it me feel like people especially scout people who are scouting aren't watching academy at all because if they no. were, they would already know how good King and um, Jenkins. Is. Well, yeah, they would. But like, yeah. if if we go back to like back when Elitist United was going, veteran was like the loudest voice, and probably still is the loudest voice of how horrible the scouting is. And LS mm-hmm. has his own commentary on that. So it's it's one of those where I'm reminded of um, I forget which uh, which discussion this was, but it was like having, uh, yeah, I think it was Deficius saying this having just even a single split in the LEC was more valuable than any time in the ERLs. Right. For And I and I feel like the same thing would be true for an LCS experience. Yeah. Because like, you could speak to that as being from an amateur and academy position of going like, okay, how much how much more like of a, of a learning curve is it to get into the uh, right. LCS compared to anything that happens in academy or even amateur? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'd say definitely putting yourself into LCS gives you a much bigger platform, right? Way more people watch it and 
there are many people who just don't don't even barely even know that academy exists well, at true. All. Like, every time I, you go into academy chats or something it's like you'll find a bunch of viewers go like where's and then they'll ask like where's some lcs player and people yeah. have to explain to them that it's the TSM game they're like yeah. where's the at? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, what? yeah it's like so i swear even at this point there are a lot of people that don't even know academy exists still well yeah so, I would well that's where I, I get your point on the on the views thing, like getting getting eyes on these players by putting them in all, on the LCS teams. I'm I'm also just kind of trying to echo the progression of a player's ability um and their talent and their understanding of the game at the highest possible level they can get, at least you know, in their region. Right. Um so that's where I, I could see that as another positive, but I don't think it would be the foundational like motivation yeah. for dropping Zven or Alfari to bring up LCS down. Right. I guess, and like you mentioned earlier, that pre pretty much no matter what at this point, TL and C9 are probably going to go to Worlds, right? So mm -hmm. if there are any team in the uh -huh. entire LCS that can risk their win rate uh, exactly, yeah. with, with a new player to show them off, it would be TL and C9. I, so I can see the logic uh, from their side that if that is their goal, to show them off and then sell them, then those are probably the only two teams that can afford to do that. Well, they they reserve an option, and it's not happening this way, but they reserve like a fiscal long-term option to sandbag part of the summer split. Right. Because like, you know, I can just turn these sandbags into money bags with these <laughs> LSC, uh, with these right. academy players that are going to come up and like, you know, Jenkins is like, I didn't even know he existed, but he's been doing like really good stuff there topside. And King's been... It feels like there's just a slightly more aggressive AD carry on Cloud9 now. Otherwise, I don't see any consistency issues yet coming out of him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one way, one way to go about it. You know, you might make some of your fans mad, but maybe <laughs> if you're securing the bag, right? Yeah, Jack's probably really happy time. about that. It's like Jack builds up Academy players, sells them all for a lot of money. It took a while for teams in the LCS to realize, wait a minute, if we build up our own Academy players, then we could promote that guy instead of selling him. I mean, it's genius, yeah. right? <laughs> you secure the bag, but you make some people mad along the way. Wait, what would you do? <laughs> but it's like the the Team Liquid Alfari thing is a bit different than the Cloud9 thing. Because I, I feel like at some point, maybe Zven could come back, though. By how Team yeah. Liquid tweeted about Alfari and by how they've explained certain things, I don't really feel like Alfari's coming back anytime soon. Um, Yeah, it seems... Well, I know most pro players especially like the big ones that have got imported into lcs mm -hmm. they really don't like the idea of playing an academy right it's oh just, yeah it's death <laughs> they, yeah that's they they see playing an academy as like an insult to their play right like you know how could you how could you put me in here and so mm -hmm. a lot of them would refuse to play outright like at all it's just okay mm -hmm. you want to play me in academy no i won't <laughs> so and i've seen it before right uh from a lot of a lot of uh so I, I actually wanted to ask this because I know a lot of people, they speak in, oh my, it, it boiled. You know how people say something completely broad, no context, nothing. Mm -hmm. So when someone says uh, we need to develop our academy players, right? I'm thinking to myself, okay, let's just say you had a kid, right? Let's say you, you, had, you had a daughter and she needed to learn, I don't know, ballerina. You would go find a person that knows how to teach your kid ballerina, but you'd have to find a person specifically who can teach her the best. When I want to talk ballet, ballet, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's when you're ballet. so when you're going out to find someone who can teach your kids something, I need to know exactly who's teaching them because when someone speaks about developing academy players, like that lesser develop academy, that is super broad. Who specifically develops these players? I want to know names because that's not how you develop people. One head coach is not going to develop five people. One assistant coach is not going to do that. You know, 
like as you said before, positional coach who develops these players because I think Revenge said in a, in a show he did with I Will Dominate, he didn't really have any coaching material. It was pretty much, you know, some people just told him, hey, go watch some scrims or go watch this. It's like, that's not developing anything. So that's, no one's getting yeah. developed, you know? To be honest, that that uh, interview from Revenge is probably just his experience on FlyQuest because mm-hmm. I'd say – Taking that and then saying all of Academy had no help is probably not true. Yeah, that, because, yeah that's just as broad as the other thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that, 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 yeah. that isn't falling on. I'm sorry. This this kind of yeah. goes into the discussion of like should like coaches or leadership within these orgs be speaking out more? Because the the worst PR element is that Revenge puts out like his anecdotal evidence, which is just anecdotal. Like that that yeah. helps like curb just how much anyone should take it seriously across like the whole population. Uh, but no one's really coming out and like curtailing or countering that, like saying, "Hey, over here in EG," because uh, I, I have I have the impression EG from um, what a recent SI interview with um, Infinite or Everest—I forget his name right now. Um, it was like Empire. Uh, Is that his name? Empire. Empire. Yeah, yeah. Empire was on, and between Peter Dunn's there, uh, Kelsey Moser, and what Empire is talking about, sounds like EG are getting themselves going undeveloping talent so they're not yeah. you know getting locked out from you know for, with these contract jailed situations with uh with academy talent or amateur talent right. so yeah um I, I guess like i said i feel like what revenge said can be it it can be true for him and i wouldn't doubt like mm-hmm. i don't see why he'd just say say that and not have it be true that sounds mm-hmm. like something that could happen but i wouldn't say take that and go oh yeah revenge didn't have coaching on academy to just mm-hmm. you know let him do whatever he wants because everyone on C9 everyone. says they are always they're always well coached in academy. Yeah, yeah. They treat their kind of players really well. So. It, it just depends on your situation and your you know way yeah, of that, going about it. That was just his experience with um mm-hmm. with FlyQuest. And while I I'm sure pretty much all academy coaching and staff is under understaffed compared to LCS. Like more often than not, you'd probably just have one coach helping you on academy, while LCS will have their three positional coaches their head coach their analyst right Chef. i've seen that i've seen that happen before where it's just, you know you got your one coach and then the lcs have all sorts of analysts and staff to help them so that happens a lot um i guess and then at that point it just depends on the coach you have right do you have mm-hmm. a brand new coach who still needs to learn how to go through the ropes or do you have some kind of veteran that's been around for forever for example like um, C9 had a lot of success with West Rice, right? Where he was maybe the singular coach on C9, but he had had a lot of experience in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it depends on who you hire. And I think it will be easier as the day, as the years go on, because more and more pro players will retire and more pro players will turn to coaching. So, mm-hmm. and I think the future of coaching is pretty much all retired pro players who have had <laughs> a lot of experience because they, they don't have to go through that that phase where they're still learning the ropes, right? They've hmm. been here and they've done that. So there's even a phase where like the head coach has to like get the players on his vision too. Hmm. like a general pro player being retired, doing that obviously doesn't have the same, uh, let's say the word, the same route as I would take. Cause like if, if, if a random guy is like, Hey, now you guys have to all listen to me. This is my vision on how to play the game, and let's see what we can do. That's mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. Because I know that back in the day, that was a problem a lot of people had. Is like random people would come in, try to coach in a team full of five players who know how to play the game, telling them what to do, and yeah. it just didn't work out at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's maybe it's an ego thing, but it does happen. Like, let's say you you have a coach, and it's some, like, you know, silver or gold, play, silver or gold <laughs> player in, in league, 
but they're a coach, right? And so you're this guy trying to coach like five challenger players, right? So that's a tough thing with coaching is you have to be able to be a, someone who can teach five challenger players something new about league. And that's tough. That's probably hard. That's yeah. Tough. So what's the percentage for challenger players? Isn't it like the top like 1% is challenger, right? It's like, yeah, something pretty low. I, that's crazy. It's like but top it, 0.0. Like I, for me, okay, I'm, ran, I'm rank 83 right now and it says 0.005. That is crazy. That is insane. So, so it, it's when you're when considering coaching, it's just, it's, and I've had this problem a lot with coaches is like, is this mm-hmm. guy going to teach me something new or is he just going to be saying stuff I already know? <laughs> so going off of the coaching thing, how do you feel is this topic got brought up earlier, right? With the imports. Do you think the import, like, like, how do you feel on that? Like, do you think it should be lifted? Do you care? Like how, what's your standpoint on that? Uh, I've, I think re- or letting like import just everyone import five imports for, you know, for <laughs> it would kind of kill the region. Like a lot of, at least if you're thinking about the region's future and, and viewership, maybe it would increase the scale of the region. And in fact, it probably would, right. We would probably get better, but mm. NA is already having some, tr- especially when Bjergsen and double lift uh, left. NA has some trouble retaining retaining viewership because most people who watch NA are not in it for the incredible display of talent, but more <laughs> they want to watch their favorite players play the game. And so that's why we saw such massive decreases in viewership when the most popular players in NA uh, aren't playing anymore, such as Doublelift and Bjergsen. So what happens when you take a team and they replace like the local the local NA talent? to all imports like especially a lot of people would think they'd replace them with just like you know some chinese or korean challenger players that mm-hmm. are, are willing to play for anything i feel like na viewership would just go so far down and that's like a risk a, a risk riot would never take so we yeah. can talk about it but i don't think it would ever happen in a million years because what about adding in an extra import slot instead of having it be two it'd be three you think that would make a significant difference? I, th- I still think that would make a pretty big difference. Like, you, you, end, you end up with a legitimate majority. You would just end up with yeah. like a three Korean and then two NA <laughs> teams, you know? At that point, it's like, I don't know. You have to end up deciding what two roles yeah. do we care the least I, about. If if you care about the longevity of competitive League of Legends as an NA, mm-hmm. then you would never uh, encourage the import rule. If you want mm-hmm. to see immediate... Like skill difference, they win the worlds. <laughs> yeah, if you wanted that, then then maybe you could vouch for it. But if you want to see League of Legends continue to be mm-hmm. played in NA, uh, because the other argument is, well, if NA actually lifted the import rule when like the owners were asking it, and the results are good, the viewership would increase potentially. But that's like you're still betting, like 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 you know how people take risks on their rosters, like yeah. you know like. Ocelot taking a risk on perks, IG taking yeah. a risk on rookie. That's still a risk. That's still a gamble. There's no guarantee, and they yeah. would like be like you know winning worlds or winning MSIs just because you have an extra import player. I believe import players have made the region better. Like the best import players mm-hmm. are are foreigner foreigners like Bjergsen, yeah. Jensen, players like that someday, right? Poor, but for JJ, yeah, JJ, Impact, yeah. Impact X Smith. Well, Smith he's not really from here. X Smith he's not an import. He's he's an. Oh, he's, oh I forgot. It's Can- it was a Canada, right? No, that- he was um, from the Philippines, but, you know, he grew up playing the... Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. 
So it's basically like I get well, I get both arguments because like the imports have made the region better to a certain degree, but with other regions like the LCK and the LPL, they brought up their regional talent to, to actually be at the level of their imports. So it's not really that big of a gap. Mm-hmm. The LCS owners could potentially think, well, if I have a guy like Jensen, then there's another guy on my, my team is not at the same level. Okay, having Jensen is the, the difference, right? But that's mm-hmm. not really the case. So we need to have the local talent at the same level of the import players, you know? Yeah, and it's going to be harder in A because we have just a lower player base. and We're just going to hire Warren. That's what yeah. we're going to do. <laughs> and, and in my opinion, and this goes to what you were saying like you know, uh, earlier, is that NA, at least I view NA as kind of like more of an entertainment region right now. <laughs> Jersey it's, Shore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an entertainment. So, and I was saying most people watch NA to have you know to be entertained i will i don't think anyone watches an a right now like to expect lpl and lck level uh level talent and um you know deep intricate gameplay people watch an a to have you fun. don't get that so, from watching clg I, I guess you don't but you know i i just think we have to kind of stick with what we've got going on right now and then maybe the infrastructure of and maybe NA, that's the identity least. of na maybe it's honestly because like na has always tried to be someone else it's nice to have and be your own thing you know maybe that'll get viewers back because like back then dude na used to get viewers for free i remember yeah. like tsm clg containing like 300k viewers on twitch yeah, the YouTube yeah viewership was like 400 something k like you know and it's always tried to be someone different i i think it's good to have this identity where you can be your own thing you know minus yeah being an import region <laughs> right, right right i would i would really hate to be viewed as an import region personally but right i wouldn't be I, fun. even even if that is what we are right now at least you know at least we're keeping some integrity because <laughs> someone was like well doesn't cloud nine teal and tsm all have imports kinda and then it's like also in a technicality form because it's also green cards so yes it is true and then 100 thieves is pretty much all imports yeah oh yeah well they are now right <laughs> so to be fair that, that was the other big argument was like well to be fair all our top teams have imports on them anyway yeah that's true and I, I can't deny that because like even when it comes up to like games like fly quest and golden guardians games those games and that kind of content on youtube doesn't do well like cloud nine tsm and team liquids or 100 thieves you know, it just doesn't. Yeah. There's just no viewers for that. And I and the NA, the NA uh, fan base, because we were having the conversations on here, some of the people were like, well, you know, um, why don't the uh, NA coaches all, like, why doesn't uh, people just develop the talent here, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, but most of the NA fan base here doesn't even care about the talent here. Like, if you look at some of the numbers of the academy games, that it's ridiculous. It's a I joke, mean, compared, right? Compared to the ERL. ERL yeah. Was like, what was oh, it? The, the French the French ERL finals got, like, more 150K viewers. Like, something crazy. Yeah. 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 It's something like the, crazy. Like, more than the LCS. And that just goes to show, mm-hmm. right? Academy just, finals 5K <laughs> It's just like the people here who complain about NA not bringing up talent don't even watch the scene that has the NA talent in there. That's kind of contradictory, don't don't yeah. you think? Like, well, yeah. it just depends, yeah. you know. It, it's well, it's because there's a loop of uh, you'll ask these same people. So okay, you're complaining about NA talent, but you don't even watch it, and then they'll say, "Oh, because we suck." Right, so, yeah. so it'll be it'll be that loop. Like, why would I watch us if we suck? And then, why do you know? But no one cares. 
So, well, you're yeah. listening to only the you're listening to the people that are only busy enough to like make the complaints all the damn right, time. Right. Yeah. It's like I, I'm sorry, I'm like 29. I have a full time job. I have a fiance. I have things that I care about, and like yelling about certain things that like I just have I don't have time to yell about yeah. things when I also understand like the deep like I understand that there is a deep intricate nature to building up what even just the player base like trying to have something that makes the player base like viable or something like that i i the only thing i see that could actually really work and i don't i think riot has really helped esports in a broad context by creating these in client tournaments with clash but it kind of ends up coming down to like are these viable career paths going in as coaches or analysts or just yeah. even just players really like the moment you start creating a very constant competitive environment that pushes people towards becoming players in that game uh specifically with league here then you end up with who knows a better uh solo queue experience you end up with a larger player base because you know there's more heroes to chase after more you know hero ship to strive for right. um you know the the idea and I'm, I'm remembering this with just how bottleneck in the, the early uh years with the overwatch league felt like but like the path to pro is not clear right it was like get top 500 and know some get, people <laughs> know some people you know yeah. or just make friends with other pros online yeah and then hope you get a tryout and run it right. and I, I i can't say for sure that's like how like league is right now because uh, now they have a lot of these amateur teams and tournaments and stuff like that. I think it's gotten uh, better over the years. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, but I just, I, I, you need to have like, what's a good motive? Like, you just need to have a good, I guess, economic, uh, cultural um, benefit. It's like, why would I, you know, care to put 100 hours a week into this game? It's like, well, you do this right, uh, you have a career. Like you, right. and you'll be one of the most, you'll be one of the highest paid players like in the world. Uh, with like China, Korea, maybe be maybe beating out the market, right? Um, you know, so like, you know, I, I, that's where that's kind of where I think like the mm -hmm. the team the team's doing the developmental elements of mm -hmm. of their whole of the whole ecosystem just ends up, or even just in the um, off season. Remember in the in the off season, like what was the biggest thing in the off season was Purse joining Cloud Nine, at least for NA, right? Bjergsen retiring, Dove retiring, nobody. Yeah, nobody cared about the random NA players that went on Golden Guardians. I'm, I'm sorry, you know? And, and if they did have comments on it, it's like, wow, 10th place. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, everyone cared. That, that's my thing with what the kind of audience is like. Those people complain about NA talent not being here, but it's like, these are the same people that were clamoring for Perks, Alfari, Doublet, and Bearson when they were like retiring and, you know, Perks and Alfari joined the league. It's like, you can't have it both ways. It's like, you gotta understand, like, yeah, yeah like, these players are probably really good, but if you want your general uh, talent to be good locally, you have to also give the same energy back too. If the actual people developing the talent goes, okay, these guys suck. They think they suck. The fan base thinks they suck. What's the point of promoting <laughs> them? That makes it's well, we're stuck it's, in a loop. I'm telling yeah, you, yeah, self defeating yeah. mentality. Yeah. <laughs> I, get rid of the negative thought wave. Just kick, <laughs> just kick them out. I mean, just take the I fan mean, base. Like, stop, stop reading Reddit and believing that it's like legitimate Reddit, narratives. Dude. Reddit is cancer. You know what? I posted a show on Reddit. This guy told me that we provided no analysis as we're, as we're literally breaking down a draft. I'm like, Reddit is a place full of morons. <laughs> I, I hate that place, dude. Oh my God. But oh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of, go ahead, Warren. Go ahead, Warren. I was curious to like, um, how do you feel about, I even though C9 went <laughs> three and seven, 
How do you feel about their performance at MSI? Thanks for the shade, Warren. He knows I'm a Cloud9 fan. He just uh, about it just for shade purposes. <laughs> how do I, uh, well, I felt that uh, definitely Perks underperformed, right? And I think most mm-hmm. people most people would agree with that. That being said, I think everybody was pretty excited that Budge was doing really well. And I think because of that, um, obviously winning MSI would have been nice, even though that's a... That's a pretty Hyper. tall task for us. Aiming high there, bud. Aiming pretty high there, bud. But I <laughs> really high. I think, I think improving upon like the one that needed to improve the most and having him show up big on MSI is a pretty good sign for the future. Yeah. Uh. So at least that. I. I'm not gonna We're, say like you know C9 didn't do well, so they're not gonna do well at Worlds. Only time I, will tell. So I think I think he's been given a cheat code, but. There is a there is a prediction over in the church that like Fudge will be one of the best top laners like in North America by even by worlds. Um, right. How do you feel about like Fudge's trajectory or even just like something that could either be reasonable or even lofty uh, coming out of at least LS's camp for I mean, Fudge prob- being the best top laner in, in the league? It's it's probably true that he'll be he'll be up there. That being said, I do think. Um, if you if you look at it from the entire history of people who join already top teams, is that they improve fast, right? They're a like new rich. player. Yeah, they're a new player, all playing with like the best in the region. How can they not improve fast, right? They're it's, they're surrounded by people that are going to just keep them improving no matter what. And even if they don't improve that much, they're still gonna be like at the top of the league, so, right? So are we just identifying your greatest challenge in your career? Just, <laughs> I mean, it's tough, right? Because <laughs> okay. people, people can ask, like, what would, like, let's say the roles had swapped and Niles was on C9 and Fudge on mm. GTS. Like, Ooh, yeah. would Niles be, like, crazy right now and Fudge would be on, you know, 10th place team? Mm. Or, yeah, or you would can it, look at yeah. contracts. Contracts went to C9 for that 2017 year, went to Golden Guardians. You'll know the exact difference. That's all I need to say. If anybody watched that year and the year afterwards, they'll know the difference between being on a top tier team and mm. a bottom tier team. Well, take a look at uh take a look at um Licorice and he was on yeah. C9. Yeah. A lot of people thought he was the best top laner in the region. Yeah, um, he was, yeah. He was the for best for like portion, what three right? years straight. Yeah. He was really and, good. And, and yeah. now that he's on FlyQuest, a lot of people put Licorice on like the bottom half. Pl- yeah, like sixth, seventh place. That's so. Ah, yeah. Yeah, it would be not true. It, it would be insincere of me to say like, okay, yeah, Fudge is bad. He's just being boosted by his team, which is, it's not true. <laughs> Fudge is good, right? Fudge is good. But you have you always have to wonder like how much of that is you know you you have these players that join an already really good team and so it's a lot easier for for them and f- even licorice has spoken about this before in interviews uh-huh. that after leaving c9 he's he feels a big difference on going from on a team that's almost guaranteed to be top three to a team that you know he has to step up a lot more and yeah put in a lot more leadership would- effort yeah, I would contend he's having the uh, year one of of the of the current uh, Mad Lions thing, where Humanoid, mm-hmm. uh, like last year, was having to do a lot of to really like get that team together. Get yeah. just get just get used to that. Sorry, alarm. Um, yeah. uh, and then once the rest of the team started getting those hard mm-hmm. concepts, like just ingrained into how they play, now you see Humanoid actually really showing up as like one of the top. Right. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. young talents out of out of EU, 
And so my my hope for, you know, and the optimistic side for Licorice is that he's having to work with that with getting the rest of the team on the same page or getting to the rest team up to what yeah. he knew as top tier play over at C9. And it's just really hampering his ability to be uh, clearly mechanically proficient or just be what he used to be. Um, or, yeah. you know, who who's decided on that team? Like, what are they playing around? Are they playing around like Carrie Topside, even though, and because that looks to be viable, like across the globe. Um, yeah. He knows how to play Camille. I mean, yeah. he's been a Carrie Top planner before, but has the team like agreed? Because if he's taking a leadership role, does that mean he ends <laughs> up doing like the Bjergsen thing of over sacrificing mm-hmm. what he could be? And ends up just playing for the team so much so that his he can't flex like he the only person yeah. sacrificing on FlyQuest is Diamond's Rail because <laughs> Headman well, was running it down. <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what I want to talk about, like when we when we were discussing whether Fudge would be the best top laner in the league mm-hmm. or not, if we look at the entirety of C9's history of top laners, was there a, t- a single top laner on C9's history where you wouldn't put them? And top three, like you've got Fudge, then Licorice, Impact, Ray, and Balls. Balls. At, yeah. at the time, at, at their peak le- uh, in the league, you would probably have put every single one of those players somewhere in the top three of top laners in NA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by that standard, Fudge will probably and and probably is right now in that top three. Mm-hmm. Especially after MSI, so 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 Lauren, I I kind of piggyback off that. Like, um, there's been this whole thing about between NAE the whole rookie thing, but now we're seeing that veterans are still like, you know, still can do it. Like, look at Odawamne; he's been in the league almost six years, but he's performing at a high level on Rogue. Like, are we taking are orcs taking too much? of a value in these rookies and forgetting that there's still good veterans that can play at a high level. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, obviously for me, I think I'm older, right? I would like to play in the LCS again. I think I still play well and I think I still improve every year, uh, in every split. So I do think that it would be dumb to discount someone just because they've been playing for a long time. I think what you need to look at is not, how old someone is or how long they've been playing, but how much effort they still put in. Right. I think burnout is a real thing. And that is a, is a real problem with older players. And if that's the case, then yeah, like maybe, maybe it's time to start looking at newer players, but if someone is still putting in the effort and you can still clearly see them improve and, and they're actively trying to get better and put work toward the team, then I don't see why you would uh, Mm -hmm. discount them from any, any consideration at least you know you would consider them for your roster that being said like we're we're na's in this phase where we we lost worlds last year in a really bad fashion so everybody's (laughs) everybody kind of panicked and it's like oh god we out with the old in with the new fast yeah you know how like people criticize uh europe for being the region that oh yeah you guys just want to take little small guys and put them in the league and maybe see some diamonds in the road, right? Wasn't well, yeah. NA doing that too? Like, oh, we're doing I mean, that right now. We did yeah, that. Doing literally yeah. right now. Like, I don't see how white people criticize each other. Like, I get it. Like, Europe takes a player at E around, thinks they're going to be the next Caps. Isn't that what EG just did with Denny? Potentially, he's going to be the next Caps when they brought up a new guy. It's not about the idea of what they could be. It's like bringing up a good player in general, you know? But yeah, you want to yeah. as- assess, like, how good this player is. Like, is he really going to be a beneficiary toward the team, though? Because that's my thing with roster moves, dude, is that if you cut someone and you don't really get an upgrade out of it, I think that's a waste of 
that's a waste of time. If you didn't really get anything out of it, any better results, any better team play, any better macro decisions, you didn't really actually do anything. You just kind of swapped someone out, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's just at, at that point, like when you're replacing someone, you can't give them, you know, one split sometimes. Maybe sometimes it would take them two splits to fully mm -hmm. to fully show their potential. So thing with Immortals right now, actually. So yeah, it's... Mm -hmm. Immortals have gotten a lot better on the second split compared to the first split, and that's a good example that you. It's that, that Xerxes diff. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough thing to talk about. And in hindsight, it's so easy to say like, why'd you, why'd you put in this player here? He sucks. <laughs> when you could have just gone in, for example, a lot of people were like, why'd you put in Nihilus when you could have just had Solo in from the beginning? Well, they tried it out, right? It didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, everything's well. a risk, you know. Yeah, actually, uh, we'll be talking about immortals right now. Your your old org, actually, because we're gonna go into the actual DLCS standings and maybe make this a little little bit bigger for you guys. As you guys already know, uh, Cloud Nine went three and zero this week. So did a hundred thieves. TSM bounced back. They went one and two. TL also went one and two, right? right. Two and one. Two and one. Uh, immortals. So we'll talk about them since they're, they're actually your old org. They actually lost. They lose all their games, didn't they? Uh, they went 3-0 the first week, right? Yes, true. Yes. yes. Yeah. And they okay. went 0-3 this week. Oh, yeah. my God. So what did you think about Immortals' uh, play this week, Alorum? Um, <laughs> I mean, Immortals, see, obviously, right now, we can call them the coin flip after going 3-0 and then 0-3. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, they've gotten better. I think it's important for Immortals uh, at this point, because when I was on Immortals the whole time, there were just so many roster swaps. I mm -hmm. think it's good, at least, that they're keeping relatively consistent. And the, mm -hmm. the only change they've made is um, Pretty and uh, Insanity, which I I didn't think that was a good choice because I'm, I'm a big believer in consistency of roster and staying staying as mm -hmm. like a unit the entire split because mm -hmm. I've experienced too much roster swapping to be a fan of it. Um, so I, I would have liked them to see be a little bit more consistent and just keep mm -hmm. Insanity in and keep going for that, but... They're, they're all right, right? They, they're better than they were last split. I think all of them, mm -hmm. especially Xerxes is... Xerxes and uh, Rays have massively stepped up, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, so it's it's good to see that, you know, there's some... They're revitalized from the previous split. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is the only thing that I think has, has ruffled them, is that they bring in, in was it Yasui in, in for Insanity? No, pre Pretty in for Pretty. Insanity. Pretty, uh, pretty Yasui okay. Yasui is Dignitas. Dignitas, okay, yeah. I, I don't like the I, I don't like changing out mid laners like that. I just don't like what it's done to both teams, because it feels like they you could see the disenergy just watching the game. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it either, but... I guess you know, it's one of these things where like, or as, you know how we just talked about certain moves getting traction and others didn't beside like people like us and like very sm few smaller people who really cared that Dignitas switched out Saligo for Yusui. That did not get the same traction like Alfari did or, uh, you know, Zven did for Cloud9. Well, we're, we're not even we're if you want to have like an argument about clout or like the clout flow <laughs> <we're not laughs> sure like oh well, yeah if you want to care about like because that's all you're that's all you're trying to measure on that discussion is just clout yeah. chasing it's more of like what's the literal freaking point of putting in yusui or um i can see a difference what was the guy's name sparkle oh yusui over uh saligo yeah yusui over saligo and what was the in it was um pretty sparkle for over insanity. pretty for insanity pretty, sparkle yeah. sparkle pretty it all sounds <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I don't get it because like we we've already discussed like possible fiscal reasons that uh, TL mm -hmm. and Cloud Nine might you know put out Jenkins and King. Um, Jenkins and Alfari seems more like a, dr a drama reason than a fiscal reason. Um, mm -hmm. But like I don't, 
like I'm fascinated and I would like I'd probably just start hunting for like willing interviews but like hey um uh, so I see you've done this and uh, I'd like to ask you <laughs> what the fuck because right. like Diggs been overperforming the whole year. Uh, IMM look like they may just make themselves like contending for upper end of middle pack just because they've gotten themselves mm -hmm. together. Um, why? You know, that's that's that's, so, that's Ryan up. So my thing with Dignitas is I think if they move on from Aphromo and Dardock after this year, I think they're going to look a lot worse. Because, like, you can literally see the impact Dardock, specifically, specifically Dardock has on the team, especially Aphromo. You know, I don't really see them doing the same without Aphromo and Dardock. I, like, if you swapped Aphromo and Dardock out right now for Dignitas and you just kept the other three players and put – a new jungle, a new support in. Yeah, obviously that would make a difference, but it's just the fact that they have this impact on the team. Last week, I think what Dardock blew his summoners, like level two, well, one for an invade. And then instead of actually farming, he just mind game the other opponents. And just, he just started ganking the whole game. You know, we saw the rumble game he had against FlyQuest. I think when people talk about MVP players, I actually had Dardock as my MVP last split because I thought he actually really was an MVP candidate because if you take Dardock off that team right now, I don't think they're actually even as good as they are. Like, are they? No, I, 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 I feel you put, that. I feel you, I feel you put any other jungler, even a great jungler in there. And it just feels like a much more vanilla team. I, mm -hmm. and I think Aphromoo, uh, cause he has a history of a uh, motivation issues that I hear of. Um, mm -hmm. I think Aphromoo ends up being his best self when he actually has someone that he can coach. I think Aphromoo will be, will be like either. I could see him a, as a future uh, coach, um, I just think he has that about him. Um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of attribute Johnson being under the tutelage of Aphromoo being the reason looks yes. so good last year. Um, and I, I kind of attribute Aphromoo and then Dardock mm -hmm. somehow finding like this good parent couple. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure Dardock's <laughs> like the abusive parent and, and Aphromoo is it's like, just do these things and dad won't be mad. Um, <laughs> but they end up getting these three rookies to get on the same page and go all in. Like, it's like, guys, dice is being rolled here. Like, mm -hmm. we have no reason to play shy, to play scared. Like, let's go. And I just, mm -hmm. I I really would want to, like, have verification of that somehow. Um, but that's what I feel like that the dynamic of that team is. And it's, and I just, I, I, I'd like to think if they had kept the roster together, we'd be seeing those heights pushed continually. And maybe they... I believe the narrative that they're running on the LCS right now is they stop being a pretender and start like being a real contender. <laughs> they're nothing more than just five dudes picking the same wall to brash their heads against. And then, and then it wins as opposed to five dudes, five different walls. Because like know? last split when we were discussing, cause for our all, all pro teams, most of them had blabber and Dardock, Right. Mm -hmm. But, I, but my argument is blabber has significantly better players to work with. No, I mean, no shade to these guys, but let's be honest here. Blabber has significantly better players to work with on Cloud9 than Dardock has on Dignitas. And the fact that they're relatively, they almost got second place if they had won a few more games last split. They actually almost got second place. And even this split, they're not too far off from hitting fourth. They're one game behind TL. There's two games behind TSM. Like, yeah. they're not too far off from hitting second place with Dardock and Aphromoo. So, uh, what do you think about Dignitas Alarm? Do you think they're actually the legitimate team? Because last split, because you know how you have that thing where like a, a team does well one split and then just completely crumbles the next because the other teams that, that with the better players just get better. Do you think they'll actually keep up this level of consistent gameplay? I'm a big fan of Dignitas. I, I've worked <laughs> with a lot of them, right? Okay, so, yeah. So uh, yes. I, believe, I believe in their abilities. I, <laughs> I will vouch for Dignitas and uh, 
I, th- I think that they'll continue to improve. I think uh, while, again, I'm not a huge fan of roster swapping Saligo for Yusui, because I would have liked, I felt like Saligo was doing well too. So I it was doing well himself. Yeah. Kind of weird. But other than that, like, I think all of their players are, have been doing really well and uh, have shown improvement is the big part is not, not that, you know, they're just playing the same way every game and, mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of staying like just as another random NA team that plays team fight champs. They, they have their own distinct style, right? Especially, mm-hmm. especially with Dardock on the team. And we've already talked about his importance to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think seeing that improvement that comes over time from the individuals is, uh, is a really big thing for me. And, uh, I'm a believer in dignitize. <laughs> Whether they're going to make worlds or not is another question, especially over making the Making worlds, of winning nine. worlds. What yeah, are you talking they about? They make it winning to worlds. worlds. I will literally post a picture of me running out in the street naked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Dude, so, please, please make worlds for that. Please. Yeah. And but I can, I can at least retweet. And- <laughs> I can at least call Dignitas a good team. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Because a lot of people's prediction was that Immortals was going to be what Dignitas are. Yeah. But. I mean, maybe that that could still happen. We're only in week two. It's very, very possible. You know, Um, guys, I talk about CLG and Golden Guardians, but, you know, there's much better teams to talk about. Let's be honest here. There's Cloud9, which went 3-0, 100 Thieves who went 3-0. So what do you guys think about 100 Thieves, actually? I think they look pretty good, actually. Uh, They beat TSM. They beat Cloud9. Have they faced TL yet? No, they haven't faced TL yet. I think they faced TL... This week yeah, next. Up, I yeah, I actually just I was writing down my predictions on my spreadsheet. I, okay. I'm actually I'm predicting them to beat TL. I actually, think yeah. I I was I know there were certain ideas that they were gonna like just cement their fourth, fifth place or whatnot. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, I think they're about to overperform outperform uh TL and TSM in a very significant manner that was not expected. Um just without just because the synergy is just so out the gate and Abadage is just flexing on all these other picks that just were not you know, <laughs> they weren't coming through maybe because it just wasn't meta appropriate uh back in spring but when he's clearly flexing over from assassins to supportive mm-hmm. to control it's like i mean all right you cemented yourself as like one of the best mid laners like in in the league uh I mean, the level of play that's running it go ahead someone, warren someone, go ahead warren fight back I mean, uh, warren, like, this is this is one of those like hey let's <laughs> let's hop on the bandwagon not you doing it not you doing it. like let's hop on the bandwagon like I'm sure, like, because we saw in, like, draft for, like, TSM, like, that draft was kind of hot donkey. So, like, I don't <laughs> – like, oh, I, I think Abadaga is good. I think what 100T fans should be happy about is that they get in the team that they thought they were getting when they had DeMonte, which is kind of mm-hmm. unfair to him. But they did – like again, they did roster swaps, and we saw how that worked for them last split, too. <laughs> but hopefully – I would like to see Abadage moving forward. Their their mid laner for the years to come, like not like we mm-hmm. see a roster swap again. That's right. kind of my thing. Um, and I so, and I can mm-hmm. and I can see that they also have different ways of playing the game now. They don't also have, they don't have to rely only on FBI or someday popping off. Like um, mm-hmm. it goes to show you that now Hunter Thieves finally has a good mid laner. Now they actually know how that feels. <laughs> Oh my god, that Ryoma diff that they were trying to go for. What what do you think about uh TSM? They actually oh. bounced back and actually got their win against FlyQuest, but that game was uh, no, not FlyQuest. Um they got they had their win against um I can't remember. CLG. CLG. The yeah, they got the win against CLG. It's like yikes. Um that, that was a pretty stompish game right there. That was pretty much a stop, but it's like 
I don't know. I don't think they're a bad you team at all. You can't beat CLG and go like, wow, these guys are really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which feels really bad because it's like, I think we all felt really bad for CLG with how yeah. spring went, with how late Broxa got in. And, and there were some predictions that were running around and I, I kind of agreed with them. It's like, yeah, I kind of expect CLG to come in. They've got it together. They've had their time. They've been grinding it out. They've been, sound like they've been working through MSI. And then they come in, it's like, oh gosh, it's still hot garbage. Like, <laughs> what, what happened, Broxa? Like, what happened? Well, they man? said there, I think Broxa said in a Travis interview that the mindset, it would normally have reset, but the standings don't reset. So they're pretty much going in as like, yeah. how, would, how would you say it? Like, you already kind of know you're out, but you're still fighting to see what you could possibly do. You're fighting I mean, for that miracle run. Well, the thing is, um, Nightwing, like yes, people, people, people had people. For, I'm gonna use this basketball reference. People had the Washington Wizards nowhere. They weren't even nowhere near playoffs. But all of a sudden, they made playoffs with like a run. We could see CLG win if they win two games every week and go two and one, which can happen, right? Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a possibility. They could sneak into that like with the new playoff format, that A spot. So it's not if, out the if playoff. that happens. If that if CLG makes playoffs, I will come on stream and I'll wear a wig and a dress and I'll put on makeup. Actually, I actually thought CLG would be doing a lot better. Like they were actually picking up a lot toward. The they were actually, yeah, yeah, true. They and they look they look like they should have been in the top five. They top kind of regressed six, a little bit. So they were our best yeah. worst team. They would get like ten thousand gold leads and just randomly throw them for yeah. no reason whatsoever, just to throw them. Maybe they can bring <laughs> it back. <laughs> Cause like there was this game we had uh for Cloud Nine. This was the only close game Cloud Nine played all weekend, which was this game against CLG. Mm -hmm. You had Broxa actually played pretty well overall. I thought he played fine, but this game turns out. I mean, to me, it was just more of a fudge. Like not yeah, sorry, not fudge. A perks difference. Mm -hmm. Like perks mm -hmm. legitimately just carried this game because the reason why I told uh people in the other groups I'm a part of because they asked me what what isn't C9's comp bad? I think Cion's comp is actually pretty bad there because with CLG's comp and this being a poke comp, Cion has to literally bank on these guys jumping onto them. Like that's kind of a bad draft if you're thinking about it. That's one win condition you have right there. Your win condition is I have to get next to you to fight you. That's pretty bad. Like maybe at surface level analysis, maybe, but that seems pretty bad to me. CLG has much more to work with. Volleyball ultimates, Lee Sin Kicks, Zoe Bubbles, True Shot Barrage, Leona ultimates to work with. What does Klan have to work with? Lulu ultimates? <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's bad i'm sorry well, that's, that's terrible <laughs> yes and no i mean because clg's comp reserves some poke options with the zoe and with the ezreal and but then they have three all-inners while ezreal and zoe kind of have their own agency to run around like that's what that team fight feels like when it really breaks down or if they really want to pick their own fights um meanwhile like i guess you could contend there is a good amount of appeal from slows um uh, Vulcan's options, isn't this? Yeah, they threw the game right here at this fight. Yeah, they, they had two. Yeah, this, this, this is game. where they threw. Yeah, they yeah. threw here. Yeah, right, right, Perks out the triple kill, and then later on they had that really close team fight. But before that, they had the fight where Perks killed someone, knocked away two of them, just so they could get a Baron of their own. I was like, mm -hmm. it's that's just a I don't want to say mid diff, but that's mid diff right there. <laughs> that's like the Yasuo on uh, the enemy team. That's like seven and zero, and you're the Yasuo on your game. That's like zero seven. Holy so, moly. So do you think because so then the question do you think that the fact that they look at their their record is just not motivating the players to to actually to play at this point if they if that's their mindset? I don't know. I mean I think it is, I mean, 
you would hope not but that yeah. i think that kind of comes down to like team culture and like the leadership figures that are just like it's it's one of those where you almost need to tell i'm like i don't care about the record i don't care like you need to focus on just the winning aspects and if the team mm -hmm. If you want to keep your job, you want to play. <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to keep your job, yeah. You want to, <laughs> Do you, you want to get pretty? You want to get like very basic about it? Like, sure, like it's a, it's a perfectly valid statement. And Poe Belter just throws right there. I'm sorry, that was that was the biggest int I've see, I saw all weekend. Um, like you can't have any other mindset or any defeatist mindset if you're gonna have any chance of getting anywhere for the season, let alone just you know playing, have a job in your career. I just. I have a really big problem when if Brock's and I, I haven't seen that interview, but if Brock's is saying that there's a great motivation issue on the team because of the record that they are carrying over from spring. It's like, I, but you've known what that record was for like two months now while we were off doing MSI. Like you have to actually um, started practice what two weeks before two weeks before the, in any case, in any case, you knew what yeah. that was like, you need to, you need like, I'm sorry, like the team, someone like you personally is like, I have to, I, I, Either you fight or you die. Like get busy living or get busy uh -huh. dying. So like, I, I, <laughs> I have a big problem with the team that looked as good as they did at the end of spring, basically coming into summer and just giving up. Uh, it's just you—you you have a chance somewhere in there. You better like fight right. for that chance. It's not clear that like FlyQuest has had a great improvement in their play. Uh, Golden Guardians feels like they are more cohesive. Because Oh my god. Mute oh my him, god. please. He's, he's shaving. Yeah. <laughs> he's shaving his face. <laughs> please, please don't trim your beard while we're trying to <laughs> do this. Uh, I don't know. It just, it, it just feels super bad. It just feels super bad. Because like it, feel, they, it feels like they could be better than some of the other teams on, on the lower end, you know? Right. What did you guys uh, think about the uh, 100 Thieves versus TSM game? Because that was the pretty much the match of the week right there, I guess, for NA. Mm, let me see. 100 Thieves looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. uh, Ab Abadage play playing Staker all sorts of yeah, playing all sorts of play styles, right? So who knew he needed to just jump honestly, to bring it out? <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of the Abadage show right now. And dude, mm. hey man, like why don't people? Ugh. I I watch them give away a Kali too much, man. A Kali just steals games yeah, just because, like, literally, dude. I don't, I don't know if you watched the Fnatic game where Nisky was on Lucian against a Kali. He was actually just de destroying his opponent. The guy got one good team fight and a college just took over. It's like I could dump you the whole game and you get one team fight and you win. That is not fair. Yeah, that she's is pretty strong right now. <laughs> when and a college are broken, dude. Well, Akali, from the sound of it, has come out of like left field because even in scrims, like Akali was just not getting as far as like it was the game would not the from the sound of it, scrims would not go late enough that Akali would be able to get online and be the monster that we see her once she gets like mm -hmm. mythic or one or two items, like it's you know past yeah. level eight or something. Um, oh, sorry about ahead. that. Go ahead. I fell out of my chair. <laughs> nice. Wow. <laughs> wow. Sorry about that. How did you fall uh, out of your chair while shaving? I usually do that. I'm not up. shaving. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is 100 Thieves look good. And also take into account that they keep buffing the AP items like Riftmaker got buffed recently and other items. So um, these items have made, um, and I think in the next patch but i'm sure they're gonna they're not gonna get that patch anytime soon mm -hmm. have made the ap chance even <clears throat> even stronger so and i think akali got a buff prior but nobody paid attention to it so yeah i heard it's, it's just that. like how silas has like slowly from since even last year um in the finals has like been a a, a pick um 
more and more you're seeing because he just got buffs and people just left it off the radar. That's kind of how I feel with the champion um, in that sense. And now we get to the week three of the LCS 2021 summer split Friday. Now you guys put in your predictions. We even have a pro here. So he's putting his first prediction too. Yeah. All right. So I'm I'm going to put your reputation on the line or Lauren. (laughs) I was number one on the LCS analyst. Oh, shit. Okay. This is usually, you don't have to break down why you're picking team. You just go one by one, just one shot. I'm going C9 versus EG. I'm going C9, Team Liquid, TSM. Dignitas and a hundred thieves. But Lauren, what do you have for this for this day? I think I'm the exact same. Looking at looking at the matchups, uh, <laughs> there's really it's really the only game I think you could uh actually maybe there's two two games where you could say there's a flip or at least like maybe a chance. Yeah. I think Immortals has a chance to upset TSM and same with EG to C9. But every mm. other game I think so I'm still gonna go C9 TL TSM, uh, dig 100 thieves. But if I had to put money on another team, uh, <laughs> I'd say Immortals could beat TSM. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I go. C9 TL Immortals GG and then 100 thieves. Oh. Well, then Guardians yeah. beating yeah. Dignitas. I think oh. I think Dignitas has been hampered so hard by this mid switch up. Unless we get like a last minute announcement that Sully goes mm-hmm. back. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, I almost oh. expect like the the synergisticness that's been a, a kind of apparent in GG uh, over the last uh, over the last you know the, at least over the beginning of the split. Them uh, them them having a small upset over Dig wouldn't surprise me. Go ahead, Warren. Warren wants no. to come here. I say TSM because Warren's a TSM. No, I'm gonna, actually, here, I'm, so. gonna, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw it off for a loop. I'm gonna have EG, uh, TL, TSM, GG. And I want CLG to beat the one on right. Actually, I really do. No Terribly way! No way! No dude. A mid diff, bro. That mid diff. Yeah, that's a mid diff. You saw no. posting a mid diff. We're about to be three weeks in. How many games has Abadage thrown? None. <laughs> How many has no Pobolt thrown? Right. Oh my god! Oh my god! All right. So Saturday, uh, my picks are was it Cloud Nine, EG, TSM, Hunter Thieves, yes. and Team Liquid. Queen Lou, yes. Or maybe Dignitas upset TSM again. Hey, Dignitas did beat TSM in the regular season last split two times, actually. So who knows? It might be that Dardock diff. Dardock trying to get his revenge against his old team. You know, no one wants Dardock, remember, guys? No one wants that guy. <laughs> so what do you think, Laura? What about this day? Um, C9. I, I want to also say that CLG could be. <laughs> no, no. Ward's affecting our pros. No, no the, the thing is, like, EG have also had like some really rough spots other than impact, right? The impacts look really good. Yeah. Um, and so I have a feeling that maybe in wild turtle has been CLG's best, uh, best player. I'd say mm-hmm. I have a feeling that CLG could upset EG just cause wild turtle, uh, does really well. But you know, if I had to put money on every game, I'm going to go <laughs> C9 EG dig hundred oh. thieves TL. Okay. EO, we got, uh c9 clg dig 100 thieves tl i put so i have i want to actually like run some sort of stat variant on this i feel like because of how dense the play schedule is uh teams will over prioritize prepping on at least one team unless they just like choose a basic plan and that's the plan that they try to go for Mm -hmm. um and so clg's most important uh match 
um, is between this week is between um, EG or Hundred Thieves. Mm -hmm. So either you aim to take out like the top dog out of those that you're fighting, or you aim to take out like the middle dog, and you just look at Dignitas and go like, well, we don't give uh, Kane over to Darduck. Maybe we have a chance or something. I don't know. Um, So that's just like my only. That's my only place. Like, it it ends up being a question like. Who's more likely to throw a game, Jazuke or Pobelter? And that's about <laughs> randomly. That's, EG's doing well, and then Jazuke just randomly throws it for them. Yeah, I don't like know, man. Those, times. those Nexus turrets are really hard, man. <laughs> All right, Warren, who do you have for Saturday? Um, the C9, EG, TSM, 1T. Gold. You're gonna say T- Golden Guardians. I want to no, say Golden T- Guardians. No, I'm not. All right, Sunday we have our match of the week. Actually, TSM versus Cloud Nine, our big El Clasico matchup. Warren, you're going down. Warren's going down. My team is gonna clap yours into the dirt. You're going down, dude. Uh, you also have another nice one here. TL also facing a hundred thieves. Two match of the weeks right here on the same day. These are some good games. Yeah, yeah. Sunday is a big day. That's going to differentiate the league entirely. Like this is going to build. This is going to basically define the narratives for the until the next round robin. Yeah. No. I yeah. Agree. Oh, so the first game you got to get the bad ones out of the way. Dig versus CLG. Dig just just, just clean house really quickly. Then yeah. we can get to the actual games you want to see. Hundred thieves versus Team Liquid. Ooh, that is that is that's doozy. I want to say hundred thieves wins, but I don't want to say TL would lose either. That bad. No, I, 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 I think a hundred thieves wins this this time around. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would yeah. go dig a hundred thieves, cloud nine, immortals, and eg. Yep, yep. That's where I would go. Alarm. What would you pick for this day? Um, yeah, dig for sure. I think a hundred thieves, hundred thieves has shown more consistency than tl. Mm-hmm. C nine tsm. It's always the cl- one. Those are always banger games. No matter how many times they play, it's always great. I'm going to go TSM on maybe it's the one of the days where Perks does All right. not. Yeah, <laughs> Alarm Perks is warned. Is yeah, warning Perks your room is, right yeah, now yeah. with a shotgun? Is, is warning your yeah. room with a shotgun or something? Oh, no, no man. If, if, <laughs> if, Perks picks, if, if Perks picks Victor against TSM, I'm flipping my prediction. Like, I, I just, I, I, yeah. I, I think like Syndra and Perk, Syndra and a. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go TSM, FlyQuest, EG. Okay. Yo, uh, who do you have? I'm just like you. Dig, 100, C9, okay. Immortals, EG. Like. Okay. Warren, who do you have? Uh, I feel like FlyQuest is uh, is pulling off a heist with that, with that roster <laughs> they have. <laughs> but that's just me. Uh, Play with your chest, Warren. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got Dig, TL, TSM, Immortals, and then EG. I just think Immortals is a better team than FlyQuest. At this Warren point. has to give me $10 in RP if Cloud9 actually win. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, stakes. 10 bucks. <laughs> the big stakes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty much it for uh, this week. Um, we also have the a- LEC to talk about, but obviously you didn't watch the LEC. So, yeah. you know. Uh, but if you got a general idea of, did you see no, no games at all? You saw I nothing. didn't watch any of them. No. Okay, yeah, it's, I mean it, it's an inferior region anyway, so it's okay. Oh, the games yeah. were the games were like a pinata. They were just back and forth. <laughs> like I'm not even, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not even trying to be funny. <laughs> okay, so that's pretty much everything is in the bag. Anything else? I pretty sure we covered everything actually. Oh, I know? actually, had, this is what I had one last question for you, Lauren. This was 
How do you feel about, and this is a simple one, how do you feel about players going from, like, top to mid and all these changes? That's oh, the only man. question I have. Uh, how do I, it's basically, how do I feel about role swaps? Yeah. Um, well, they've actually, they've worked out pretty well before. Like, I guess one of the biggest examples is who he, right, from mid to support. Uh, he had a really good transition, actually. And maybe he had a week week split at the start, but he got better really fast. So I wouldn't do it because I, I'm just a top laner at my heart, and I couldn't see myself play another role. But there are a lot of pro players who have a secondary role where they almost prefer playing that in solo queue sometimes. So if it if that's what they want to do, I'm, I'm all for it. I think any player can... If they have that kind of drive to swap, then I think anyone can do it. So you're going to be CLG's jungler next split is what you're telling us. Yes. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I meant. <laughs> All right. And that's pretty much it. Um, lot, The very last thing, because I, I know you're watching My Hero Academia, right? Me? Um, I, I have watched a bit of the newest season. Newest season. Yeah, okay. I'm not fully caught up, though. Okay. Did you see the trailer for the new movie that that's going to be coming out? I didn't. Okay, that looks really good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What other anime are you watching now? Um, I'm trying to think of something that I've watched recently that I, because I, I haven't been watching that much anime. Hold on. I mean, yeah, I kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, oh, I finished Great Pretender. I think did that's you finish, I got to watch Demon Slayer for my subs on my main channel. I got to watch Demon Slayer. Because I know Demon Slayer just came out with our movie too. I'm like, is Demon Slayer really that good? Let me go try it out. You know, I, I haven't watched it either, but I know yeah. a lot of my friends really like it. Yeah, usually if a lot of friends rave about it, it tends out to be mm -hmm. pretty good. Because like, I feel like with my hero, the thing people are like, well, he's not like Goku and Dragon Ball Z. It's like, you know what? Imagine a show not copying another show and having their own idea how to grow a right. character. That can happen. You know, two things can happen at the same time. But any movies or TV shows you watched re recently, actually? Oh, man, I, I feel like I haven't been watching that much. I did you going just, outside. <laughs> I did just rewatch the Lord of the Rings again. Actually, those are I great guess. movies. Those are great movies. Obviously, I'm I'm a huge fan of those. But that was just a rewatch, right? Like mm -hmm. I rewatch them every like almost every year. But what do you think yeah, about uh, Amazon? Movies. They're gonna come out with the Lord of the Rings series, actually. Um, I I can't wait. I mm -hmm. I'm not staying optimistic because i know some sometimes it's kind of hard to follow up on something that was already so great and that's why mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't really like the hobbit right compared yeah. to lord of the rings but i mean i'm looking forward to it uh i guess something that is new that i watched was i watched invincible and i thought invincible it's really was good it's invincible really was good. great yeah i can't wait for season two man yeah, yeah. Holy crap. and that's pretty much it uh anything else you guys want to say before we uh close out of this I, I i gotta get to dating my wife you know she's gonna come into this door any moment right now you know all right yeah, I don't have a wife. She <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, NA's going to win worlds. That's that's pretty much that's it. Right. So, yeah, yep. you know. Yeah. Big facts, big facts. Perks already made world finals. Per Perks already made world finals, you know, so. Can only go up. You can, and he, he, won, he didn't win any games. But if you win one more game than he did the last time, that's actually going up. You're actually yeah, statistically improving. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, they announced that the world's going to be in China again. But, I mean, we already knew that anyway. They Five just different formally locations, announced. though. Five different locations. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Watch Clear Love come out and play on EDG randomly again. <laughs> so that's nice. It's nice because, like, it's, I like when they do move from, like, the, the I don't know how they're going to change the form from each uh, mm -hmm. venue. So that's going to be, and we kind of got gypped with, well, not gypped, but 
Because I can't blame China, and I don't want to blame China. Let me not say that. That's not what I'm trying to say. COVID, I, I see Lord's face. That's not what I'm trying to say. COVID He's like, I got to leave right entire, now. Casually COVID ruined the, the entire um, landscape of league professional scenes. So we got mm -hmm. denied, like, the real experience of Worlds and, like, an actual mm -hmm. MSI oh, you know how, last year. You know what year. people said about – it's the same thing people said with um the Laker championship in 2020. They're like, oh, it's a bubble championship. It doesn't, it doesn't count. I'm like – I guess maybe. Oh no, it like, counted. It counted, but like that whole the, the audience is such brings such a yeah. A I mean, the audience to is these, such a factor big, to these uh, events and people. You know, the players say they feed off of. I mean, alarm even in the studio when you hear the fans rooting for you when you were playing that 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 yeah, it's a, it's a big difference. It's mm -hmm. a big difference. Yeah. So like you know how Travis has double lift, you know, because like basically a lorem could be like my my double lift. He could give me all <laughs> the juicy insights, you know. Yeah, but you gotta house me for like a couple months too, right? What? When I go homeless. Oh, well, That's what Travis I'm, did. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. in California. You can live in my house. I'm in California. I have right, I have right. I, have, I, have, I have a pretty good sounds, place. I have, I have food. Sounds like sounds like Nightwing needs to get a couch. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couch. It's right here. I is it couch. is it clean? Actually, yeah, but there's so many like I order stuff. I love how you say actually, yeah, as if to suggest that it <laughs> normally it's not. <laughs> normally it like, is, but um, I've been ordering quite, stuff. This so, couch has a questionable history. So, <laughs> so like, so normally oh, the house is always clean. You know how you order stuff and you don't exactly open it in the first one. You just put it on your couch. Yeah, yeah, I've ordered so much stuff. I just put it on my couch. I <laughs> yeah, because I have this right here for my main main channel. I got a new piece, a new uh, monitor right there, a thirty-four inch I'm monitor. Gonna, I'm just gonna tweet Alora my couch out here in Salt Lake City. <laughs> I'll let him, I'll let him decide where he yeah, yeah. wants to sleep in case I have to leave. And just crash at someone else's place. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, you can just provide me content. You know, in, in right. juicy, juicy interviews. I can Watch have you as a spy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, hope hopefully you had you had fun here. You know, you're yeah. more than welcome to be on any single time. You know, uh, yeah, Warren, you want to say anything else? Besides, not about COVID, you can get us canceled. No. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. Thanks to Lauren for um, taking the time out to be here with us, answer our questions. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, of course. EO, yeah. anything else you want to say? Thanks. Good, to, good to have you on, man. Look forward to the next time, and I will be tweeting you a picture of the couch. Just oh my right. god! <laughs> the, the next time Alorum's on, he'll he'll be in California playing on Cloud Nine. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'll be on. You see me at Worlds. I have a second PC. I'll I'll just set up my stream for my couch. Just... <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. See you guys later. Like, comment, subscribe. Most of all, enjoy. I'm the Nightwing. Way of Life Esports is signing out. Have a good day.